Yo, what it do, man? This is your boy, North End Floyd, man. This is episode 157. I'm doing a special live. I know I said I don't do live no more, but you know what I'm saying? It's the end of the year. You know what I'm saying? It's 2023, so this is like a 2023 wrap-up. And um, who better to get the 2023 wrap-up with Miss T-R-E. Well, how do you use <laughs> T-R-E Eve, Trina Eat Trina. <laughs> it's Trina Rose. That's what the T R. Well, Trina Rose. Well, I'm just going right. to start saying Trina Rose because you know your Facebook is T R T R Eve and stuff like that. Yeah. I always just be saying it. So Trina Rose. So Trina, <laughs> I didn't had you on. Let's say for 2023 was this like the ninth, the tenth time. This might be the tenth time. The tenth time. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about uh, 2023. We got some nice topics. Uh, it's been a good year for me. Like, how how's the year been going for you, though? This year has been interesting. Just a lot of moving and, you know, preparation for growth and stuff like that. A lot of reflecting and honestly just learning. And I know that sounds cliche, but listen, I promise you, <laughs> all of those things have happened. So... Yeah. yeah how, now, you know, as far as like people who haven't watched the show, if they haven't watched the show, they kind of really lacking and stuff like that. Why don't you tell the people like like what you got going on and what you do? So my name is Trina Rose Frazier and I'm a licensed professional counselor here in the Golden Triangle area. I have been in practice going on four years um, and I conduct cognitive behavior therapy Um EMDR, which is a form of trauma therapy, brain spotting, which is another form of trauma therapy, and so forth. Um, individual counseling, couples counseling. Um, I, I'm sorry, my screen had went black. <laughs> it did. So, uh, yeah, it went black for a second. I thought everything went away, but we good now. Um, so I was saying, like individual counseling, couples counseling. Um, service in ages 12 and up and uh, happy to say we just moved to a new location that is larger because I am about to uh, grow into a group practice so that's one of oh, the biggest things. yeah working on growing into a group practice so I can have more than one therapist available mm. um, I'm also uh, sorry go ahead nah I was just saying okay that's what's up that's you know growth growth is good and I'm also the proud owner of Pop Psych, which is a mental health merchandise company. I am rebranding so that it is more like a mental health boutique. So it'll be or you can come to get not only Pop Psych merch, but other things like journals and things like that. Have the journal that I spoke about, been revamping it and revamping it. I've been wanting to put it out, but I don't believe in putting it out until it's right. And I want to make sure that it's something valuable. So been working on that and that will actually be launching within the next week. So really just been trying to work on getting some things together. Um, new merchandise just dropped this week, focusing on self-love. Self-love is self-care. And so that's what I've been trying to promote as well. So it's just a lot of different things going on. Just been really busy. Yeah, and and how can I how can I get that merch though for sure? Because I got a lot of your merch. 
Yeah, you rep for real. I mean, every time I see some, I'm like, yeah, yeah he ripping. I, I appreciate it for real, for real. But sure. um, if anybody wants to get any of the merch, uh, I did create a pop psych Facebook page. So the Rose Center has its Facebook page. Of course, people hit me up on TR Eve all the time. But Pop Psych actually has its own Facebook page now. So you literally search at Pop Psych, P-O-P-P-S-Y-C-H. And if you can see, I have on the flagship shirt here. So this is the first original. <laughs> and so you can go in any of those modalities and inbox, whatever, and you can order it. And I am working on getting the e-commerce store set up. So then you can mm. order without talking to me. So Okay. Hey, you know why you was doing that? I was trying to set up the IG thing, but like I said, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna I'm gonna try it one day. I'm gonna do the IG thing one day soon and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But uh, man, let's 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 rock out on 2023. You know, what I'm saying it's been the holidays and stuff, mm -hmm. and uh, I thought it was something dope that you had um that you had talked about. And you was talking about like the holiday blues and shit like that. Mm -hmm. Excuse mm -hmm. my language. I'm sorry, my mom's probably watching this again though. But um, yeah, the holiday blues. What is what is the holiday blues? So when we say holiday blues, we're more so talking about like the way our society is set up. You know, mainstream culture celebrates a lot of holidays during this, uh, like the last three months of the year, or so roughly. Yeah. Uh, or make preparation for it. So because of that. A lot of times, you know, holidays tend to lend itself to like family get togethers and stuff like that. And if you find yourself either maybe not having, you know, a, a good relationship with your family or maybe you're not around family, maybe you relocated and you don't have a lot of family around. A lot of times what you end up, you know, people end up experiencing sometimes with some depression. Other times, you know, it's just the fact that it's the holidays. So if you can't perform or do what it is that you feel like you should be able to do, because people put a lot of pressure on themselves around this time, you know, Christmas gifts and you know, sometimes it's even Halloween costumes and stuff like that and parties galore and Thanksgiving, which, you know, uh, is a time to be around a lot of people. Right. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that those dynamics just bring about what we call the holiday blues, you know, uh, low mood, depression, anxiety and whatnot. You know, um, the thought of having to go around family sometimes for some people is anxiety provoking, um, having to see certain people that maybe they haven't seen in a while you know what i mean but they have to deal with uh because it's thanksgiving right so trying to prepare for that um and then ultimately you know it does lend itself to grief because if you have lost anyone important to you um even in the past then a lot of times these milestones like holidays start to bring that up again and that grief becomes more acute because you're missing those loved ones and they're not present. And it's it's felt a lot more sometimes because of the holidays. Like, you know, for sure you feel the void. Um, so those are just some things about uh, the holiday blues. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and especially like when you lose a family member and stuff. And so, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's that that affects you a lot, too. Because I remember like when I when I lost my grandma, like like way back when I was like 18 you know, and Thanksgiving came around, and I didn't want to say I, I, I didn't celebrate Thanksgiving for like years. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I'll probably go to like a family function, but like, you know, as far as like, you know, just being in that that festive vibe, you know, it was gone for a long time. You know, 
it took me a while to heal because, you know, like Thanksgiving, that was pretty much at, at grandma's house. So, you know, mm-hmm. things changed. So I kind of had to like adapt to, you know, like, you know, to the different sceneries on Thanksgiving and stuff, you know, stuff that I wasn't used to. But yeah, I guess I had the holiday blues. I didn't know what to call it at that time, but, you know, I went mm-hmm. through that for a while. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we become avoided. You know, it just depends. There are definitely levels to it. But sometimes, unfortunately, people are so down, you know, they actually de- experience depression. And if you already have a history of depression, sometimes it becomes more clinical, which is more intense because of those things. So, yeah, it'd be a now, tough time. Now, uh, you being in therapy and all that, that, do people come to you a lot as far as like holiday blues they don't know what the I'm, I'm pretty sure they don't call it that but is is that pretty norm for you i mean you know sometimes you'll find uh people come when their symptoms are uh, intense right so you know sometimes we kind of just get along and get along i mean you might have some days when you feel low and feel down but you don't think it's enough to go talk to somebody about which unfortunately it probably would be the best time to because once it gets to certain points and when you can't manage it sometimes it's it's a lot more worse on you and a lot more harder for you to manage right so yeah. it's like when you when, when around this time like sometimes i'll have new new clients coming because they're like you know it's kind of heavy on me around this time of year so they like you say they don't use that vernacular like holiday booze but they might say you know christmases are not the same you know since this and that you know i see a lot of people posting um that holidays don't feel the same family don't feel the same you know um everybody's not getting together like they used to you know you hear people referencing that all the time where the big mamas you know just different things and what they really are saying is the dynamic right where is that connectedness that used to used to be and it's no longer there so you might have an influx of clients coming in at that time but you also see you know a decline sometimes because it is the holidays and holidays cost money in our society so you yeah, have to though. be able to you know get all the things so sometimes you see a decline as well but it really just depends but yeah and it's really hard for those who unfortunately lose someone either right before or during so like you know september if you lost someone in september that's close you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. if you lost someone in early october well it's holiday season you know what i'm saying so now you're having to deal with the first of a, such an intense holiday season just like that you know before you even have a chance to um process it so it makes the grief a lot harder what do you think about this guy down below who says liquor cures all pain? <laughs> liquor cures. Well, let's be very clear. So this is Trina talking. We all know who that is. We do. So let's we do. And, and we he's know that the, he he's, to, he's he's yeah. on the liquor right now. Well, maybe so. Maybe not. Oh, I seen him. Okay. <laughs> he just went Facebook Live. I see he's definitely oh, okay. on the liquor right now. So he, he tends to post, you know, all kind of things. And I do believe that, for lack of a better word, he tends to post flagrant things, right? And you know what flagrant things do, yeah, right? They're, sure. Yeah, real talk. Wow, there. If you get a flagrant file, that's not a regular file. They're like, okay, hold on. You went away well, a little bit too far. But nevertheless, I think we have space for all. And sometimes it's just a cry for help, is it not? Yeah, true. And attention. Um, so that's what I think about that person. And I hope that if they truly believe that that is the cure, that they.
they get help because I think that us have whether directly or indirectly been affected by someone who uh had you know issues with uh alcoholism and alcoholism <laughs> is basically a dependency so it yeah. means that it's not even a matter of you know you don't always have to like get in trouble for using alcohol for it to be a problem right if we wait right. to that point that's the problem right but at the end of the day if he honestly believes that that is the cure then yeah i would definitely hope that he gets some help yeah, and, you know, the <laughs> therapist talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me ask you this now. Since since the last time we did the show, how is it as far as the black community dealing with therapy? Are are we more comfortable now? Are we getting more comfortable and comfortable as the days and months go by? As far as like discussing therapy, saying that I go to my therapist, being comfortable with letting people know that you have a therapist. Is it getting like? Is it becoming the norm? Or are we still kind of just scratching the surface as far as dealing with therapy and stuff? Um, I believe it's becoming more normal or, or more normalized. I'm not going to say that, you know, I haven't done the research, honestly, to speak about that. But I will say that for me, um, when I first started uh, there, like my my practice and even just providing therapy in general, um, my population that I served was a lot more skewed. And I'll be honest, it definitely wasn't as many of African-Americans coming into the office. And now I can say that a good, probably the majority of my caseload now is African-American. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's it's inspiring. I mean, it definitely is, uh, it gives me hope for us because I feel like more people are embracing it. I will tell you that what I do notice a lot of times, unfortunately, is that there are others around them that shun them or, you know, try to make them feel uncomfortable or mm. crazy is the word they use. And I tell them all the time, we don't use that word in this office because we're dealing with symptoms. We're dealing with real things and crazy can be misinterpreted for all kinds of stuff. Right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I do have uh quite a few clients unfortunately that might have like parents or you know loved ones that shun it and ask them what are they doing and you know what you got you know wh- why are you talking to other people and you'll hear people say you know one of the most disheartening things i saw and i think you might have saw it too but i'm not sure was when this uh this black guy was saying so you mean to tell me you want me to pay somebody to talk to about my problems who got their own problems and i'm like if you think that's <laughs> what therapy is then you are sadly mistaken hey miss jerica landry thank you yes mm. because that's not what it is everybody can benefit from an objective person to talk to right and like yeah. i tell my clients all the time i don't take anything personally in this room fingers crossed i still have been able to make it to that point because it's not about me it's about them but i think that a lot of people would not be in prison, in jail, you know, in all these different situations, if they'd had someone to talk to, you know what I'm saying? So that's the biggest thing about it. But yes, I will say that I see more people of color in general, because, you know, it's not just our, it's not just our culture that shuns it. You know what I'm saying? I I deal with a lot of the cultures that shun it. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I see more people choosing themselves and I love it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Look at my girl. Um, how the hell you said as as real? I call her sweets. Hey, sweets. Sweets. Okay, I'm gonna start using that. Up, if you didn't grow up with her, you can't call her that. I can't call her that. Not unless oh, yeah, you what, say what? you can. 
What y'all? Uh, Peace side. Y'all, y'all, y'all grew up in the P. South Park. So, okay, see. So yeah. Hey, look, see that she gonna throw my nickname out there. <laughs> okay, pumpkin. Oh, <laughs> pumpkin and sweets. <laughs> oh, snap. I'm learning something. Oh, Avenue L, the Ave, Texas. Okay, shout out to the Aves, man. <laughs> oh, dang. That's where y'all was wilding out at in the Aves. And, okay, all right. Well, she, okay. <laughs> okay, so, uh, okay, do um, sweets go to you? She go to you for therapy? Nah, we grew up together. That that's a that's a boundary violation. But uh, I mean, I say we grew up together. We grew up together, like literally. She so gets the, she gets the free counseling. I mean, <laughs> I talk to my friend if I need if she want to talk, but it ain't counseling. It's just talking with friends. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, she be turning up. I she is one of the um, the few people that I like to follow and stuff like that. You know, what I'm saying so. Mm. Um. I don't know what he talking about. He, you know, who are our best? See, that's why I don't really, that's why I kind of stopped going live. Because people like him to just deal, you know, just want to deal with the subject at hand and have a But nice you know what you can do about that? There, yeah, I do. I definitely know what to do. You know what I'm saying? I I, I definitely can um, bloop him out the way um, real quick and stuff like that. But uh, let's move on. You know what I'm saying? As, as I've done this too many times. To deal with people like him. But um, so, you know, as far as uh, 2024, you know, a lot of people, you know, they do this every year. They make the little resolutions and all that and what they going to start, what they going to leave in 2023. How do you think people should start preparing for the new year? What what do you think? Because, you know, some people say the same stuff every year, every year they say the same stuff. And then they wait to january the first to kind of kick whatever bad habit it is and sometimes it's kind of hard to just go cold turkey on kicking a bad habit yeah but you know what i don't knock people resolutions because at the end of the day this time of year can be a very encouraging time of year for people because it's a collective of people all in the same mind space and so (laughs) at the end of the day like sometimes people need that encouragement so i'm not gonna really knock people for that because i see a lot of people bashing people for their resolutions so i won't say that however i will say that you know one of the thing reasons why because i I'm actually actively doing 30 days of affirmations and tomorrow is the last day. Right. Yep. And um, the reason why I decided to do 30 days of affirmations was because um, I feel like you have to first set the tone. You know what I'm saying? So I always say, you know, you got to till the soil, you got to fertilize the soil, you got to get it prepared. Before you start trying to plant seeds. So that was one of the reasons why is to get you mentally prepared, emotionally prepared, and maybe even for some people physically prepared to actually go forth with the resolutions that you have for yourself. Resolutions are goals, honestly. And I'm not going to knock anybody for having goals because goals are something to reach for, right? They're, They're things to reach for. So it's like, it's just a matter of understanding that if you want to start the resolution on January the 1st, then setting the tone prior to January the 1st, or even if January 1st is the first day you start, 
you know what I'm saying? At least be prepared. So it's really about preparation. Because I'll be mm-hmm. honest, you know, some gym memberships, right? People want to do gym memberships and everybody always knocking for doing this and you go, go. You know, some people like y'all in the way and this and that. But guess what? The gym memberships are very cheap at the beginning of the year. Why? <laughs> so a whole bunch of people talking about they coming. So they charging a dollar. This 2024, they probably going to be charging 24 cents. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I feel good because I started going to the gym regularly in July. So, you know, like, you know, I, you know, I, the, the people know me, I, I see the regular people in there, you know, and that's how it is when you see people normally at the gym. So now the beginning of the year finna come, I don't feel like, you know, one of those new people that's finna start, you know, the, the new year is off now. I'm pretty sure the gym mm-hmm. is finna be pretty crowded. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, I, Anybody that does go to the gym, you know, I, I think that's a good thing, regardless of what what shape you in, because they're all in there. Everybody's in there trying to get right, you know, so mm-hmm. it's really not like a non-judging thing, you know, or whatever. But, you know, hey, whoever starts the gym, I mean, starts New York off going with the gym, man, you know, I'm proud of y'all. Just stay consistent and stuff like that. Might as well just start now, you know. Yeah, but life but, happens. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. Like, it's like so many other dynamics that people have no idea about that are going on with people and you don't need to know. So that's why I really be trying to work on not necessarily, you know what I'm saying? I'm not perfect by any means. And again, I'm not new to Bowman. People know me and everything. So I don't try to act like I'm not who I am. But at the same time, I know that I have gone through my own evolution. You know what I'm saying? And the way I think about things is different, right? And it had to be for me to do what I do. And I just realized that as a therapist, I have to meet people where they are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so when people create these resolutions, you know, I don't think people just sit back and create resolutions just to fail. I just think that they just don't necessarily make it. And if they fail at it and then everybody else has something to say, just imagine how they feel about the fact that they didn't fail off. And then, like you said, again, like for some people, you know. But I think that if you keep on trying, at some point you might stick to it. And if it's 100 people that go to the gym at the beginning of the year and by February only 50 going, they still going. And by March only 25, guess what? They still got all of that, whatever the benefit was of them being able to, to engage. And it's not really just about the gym, but I know that's a big one. You know, that a lot of people tend to declare and a lot of people tend to attack. So that's why that one kind of came up. Yeah, and I, I'm not even gonna lie to you. It's been, uh, I think, like two times. Damn, this was gonna be 2024. So, like 2021, 2022. I think, like, you know, I started the beginning of the year, like hitting the gym, and then shit, I fell off. So, you know, it, it, I, you know, after I did a little vacation, and I just said to myself, like, "Yo, man, to it, it's the it's time, man. You know, let's go ahead and make it happen. Let's be consistent, and it's really a mindset thing." You know, like you really got to put that first and um, however you kind of gear yourself towards it, you just got to make that happen. Like me, like me going to the gym, I compare it to like when I went to college, like I had to go like like later on when I went back to school, like I had no other choice. That was like my last option. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? To go to college, make it happen, uh, get in a career field and, you know, the the rest of the steps and stuff like that. And I that's how I do it with the gym. I when I don't feel like going, I'd be like, you know, I kind of compare it to like going to class. I couldn't miss class like that because, you know, you end up flucking out of class and stuff. So 
When I mm-hmm. go, I compare it to school. And that's kind of my mindset to help me go to the gym. I just compare it to when I was going to college. But, you know, whatever to get by for anybody else, you know, you just got to apply that. Everybody don't have the same rules of how they get, you know, get their goals and stuff started. So. Yeah. And then if you stop, know that you can also start again because sometimes you get sick. I know uh, my family got hit with COVID and I missed the gym probably for a month. I didn't have COVID for a month, mm-hmm. but I had to recover. I didn't feel I honestly just didn't feel like doing it. You know what I'm saying? And so at the end of the day, I had to get back to it and get back, you know, get back in there. And I did. But, yeah, I was sitting up there counting the weeks like, Lord, I ain't been in the gym almost four weeks. You know what I'm saying? So. And at the end of the day, I think that whatever level a person is on, you can't ask nobody for more than they best. They can't even ask themselves for more than they best. And if they best is subpar, that's still where they're at right now. So, yeah, and that's for sure. Um, and like I said, man, whoever whoever is starting off the new year, whatever you're trying to get done, man, just be consistent. And you go, you go have people that's gonna try to knock you off, and you go have situations that's gonna happen. But you gotta just, you know, you gotta just maintain your goals and stuff, and and understand why you have them in the first place and stuff. Absolutely. But, um, That's important too. That's what I was thinking too. It, you know, <clears throat> uh, Nietzsche is a German philosopher, right? Okay. Oh, right. He got, and he had a quote, uh, Victor Frankl paraphrased it, but he said, he who has a why can bear almost any how. So if you remember your why, then you tend to be more willing to push through and do what you need to do to reach that goal, but you just have to remind yourself of your why. Yeah, that's true. Cause I think a lot of people forget that after a mm-hmm. while they forget why, you know, they even came up with that conclusion of having this goal and stuff and mm-hmm. what it was set out to be and stuff like that. And I know what you say life happens and you can get distracted on things, but you got to continue to revert back to the why. And so here's like another thing too, as far as like creating a supportive environment, how does creating how do you go by creating a supportive environment, a supporting environment? Well, it's definitely going to probably be, first of all, internal, right? So I think of two environments. I think of your internal environment and your external environment. Now, in my opinion, your internal environment is more important than the external environment because you carry that wherever you go, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of like the same reason why two people from the same neighborhood have different life trajectories, right? So, you know, yeah. sometimes they're like, oh, well, you, but, well, yeah, but you can't really make that blanket statement that everybody from this environment is going to thrive and everybody from this environment is not going to thrive because you have examples of each being debunked. So you have to take care of your internal environment. Sometimes we worry so much about our external appearance, whether it's our, like superficially or for us, like the people we're around and the things that we're doing that we tend to forget about taking care of the internal and wonder why we still don't feel good. We still don't feel fulfilled or we still don't feel like, you know, maybe we're growing or that we have that support. And so it starts with you. Right. Taking care mm-hmm. of yourself, making sure you're good. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, it's going to be about who you connect yourself with. It's going to be about, you know, whether it's the people you connect yourself with, the environments you choose to to engage in, to find yourself in or whatever. It has nothing to do with you being, you know, better than anybody else. But you need to know what you can and cannot handle. You need to have that self-awareness to understand how things impact you, how people impact you. I think that at the end of the day, just like with goals, 
we tend to think once you set a goal, that's it. Like you can't revisit it or make adjustments where they're needed and make them more realistic. It's the same thing with friends and people that you connect with, sometimes jobs and just overall situations. Sometimes it's no longer fitting for you. So the longer you stay there, the more like to me and personally a negative impact it can have on you. So you just have to be willing to continue with reflection. I think there are two processes that help you to become the best version of yourself. Introspection and reflection. Mm-hmm. Introspection is examining your own thoughts and feelings. Reflection has to do with looking back on your experiences after, you know, after they've happened, right? You're reflecting on these things to glean from it what you will. Those two those two processes help you with insight. You know what I mean? And if you're doing that then your self-awareness is going to be keen and you will be able to, you know, create that supportive environment and, and connect with people that, you know what I'm saying, that benefit you and also be benefit to others. You know what I'm you, saying? You know what? I think a lot of people, too, they're scared to, like, uh, you know how people be like, you know, they, they always make these posts like, you know, I'm not having negative people around me. But sometimes those people be around them so long that they're afraid to cut them off. They don't really know how to cut them off. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's like a drug. You know what I'm saying? Uh, to to say or whatever. But sometimes like those negative people, like that's all that's the all friends they got. They don't have nobody else. So to cut them off, that means that they might have to be alone. And I think a lot of people are scared to be alone and they scared to go down that road by themselves. So they just continue with that same crowd, even though you always see them crying for help and and saying how they're not supportive and I'm tired of negative people and, and whatever the case it may be. But Sometimes in the long run, a lot of people are scared to be alone, so they continue to have those people around them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I see it all the time. I see people talking about, you know, we leaving people behind and all this type of stuff, and I, I'm tired of these people around me. But they still hang around with the same people. Mm-hmm. And I just think, like, sometimes people are scared or they don't know how to let friends that they've been having around them for a long time go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's complacency, right? We get comfortable. But the thing is, I think that there's so much between uh, cutting people off and staying connected to people. There's so much in between there where you don't have to cut people off, but you might make adjustments to your relationship with them. You know what I'm saying? I think that's hard for people to do. I don't think they know how how to make that adjustment. Well, I mean, you learn. And the other thing is, if you really feel like everybody you're connected to is negative, I'm still going to tell you to look at you like what's happening. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, you still have to take the time to tend to yourself and it's okay. You know, I mean, my thing is this to me all the time. You go choose them or you. That sounds like an easy answer. It's not an easy answer for a lot of people. And there's a difference in being alone and feeling lonely. It's a lot of people that can't be alone because mm-hmm. when they're alone, they feel lonely. But I tell mm-hmm. people all the time, like, if you don't like to chill with you, if you don't like to be around you, why would other people like to be around you? So you yeah, have to know that you are a cool person. You're a good person. You're great to be around. How do you know that? You start to spend time with yourself. You have to treat yourself how you want others to be treated. Like, you have to treat yourself how you want others to treat you. So you can teach them how you want to be treated because you do teach people how you want to be treated. This scenario you're, you're you're presenting with this person that keeps saying that these people are not supportive and they don't, 
you know, they, they're never on positive stuff and all of that. You still are connected to them. So you have to teach people how you want to be treated. And when you are accepting mm -hmm. of things, you're teaching them that that's okay. You know what I'm saying? But I really yeah. think that at the end of the day, you have to be cool with being by yourself, not feeling lonely by yourself. Yeah. You know, I see people say all the time how they take themselves out to eat. They go on like a, a self date. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people, you know, I see a lot of people comment too about how, you know, it, it, they can see themselves doing that, you know, saying going to dinner by themselves and, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, you got to learn how to love yourself, you know what I'm saying, before, uh, you know, people can love you and stuff like that. Because if you don't love yourself, then how are you going to expect people to love you? I mean, they might, but you won't be able to receive it. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to make it like, you know, just because you don't love yourself, others won't love you. You, if you don't love you, it's going to be really hard for you to absorb that love. It's also going to be hard for you to recognize real love. And so I always tell people all the time, you know, when you go on this journey of self-love and you learn to love yourself, it's a twofold lesson, right? Because you learn what it feels like to genuinely love someone, but you also learn what it feels like to be genuinely loved. So when I go out in this world and I'm connecting the people, I won't be going into these situations thinking, could this be love? I'm not sure. Let's just see. I, it'll be a kindred spirit. It'll feel familiar, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of times we don't have that understanding. So we just kind of out here just trying to just trying to figure it out, you know, on the way. And sometimes that comes with some bumps in the road and some pain and some falling and, you know, but it could have been some things that we could have avoided. We just haven't learned yet. Yeah. So so let's go into that so as far as the role of self-care what, what's the role of self-care like i don't think people know how important self-care is i also think that people believe that self-care is spa days now don't get it twisted i love <laughs> being a spa day okay but that's not all it is a lot of self-care is very routine a lot of self-care can be considered boring right eating mm -hmm. eating like eating consistently like because a lot of times people don't eat enough you know what i'm saying and they wonder why they don't have energy when food is literally the fuel for your body just like you just like can you drive your car without gas and for my electric car drivers can you drive your car without charge so at the end of the day your fuel your food is your fuel and your charge and then the other thing is a lot of times people don't take care of themselves like they don't go to the doctor to get checked up you know what I'm saying? If they do go to the doctor, they be like, I ain't about to do that. I'm like, then why'd you go? Like, why you got a doctor that you don't trust? Find <laughs> providers that you trust. Why am I going to sit in here and let you tell me all this stuff and be like, I ain't about to do that. What are you doing? Self-care is about remembering you, right? Don't forget about yourself. A lot of times we go on autopilot. We act like it's us, so we good. I got me. I don't have to, nah, I'm cool. It's like, no, you have to take time to pay attention to yourself. You have to take time to tend to yourself. You have to take time to reflect and to understand yourself. Otherwise, how are you going to share this with other people? <clears throat> Self-care yep. is about all of the above. You know what I'm saying? Taking care of yourself, getting good sleep. When something's going on, paying attention to it. If you have a pain, not ignoring it. Pain is to get your attention. And a lot of times we ignore it and then it becomes something so much far advanced that sometimes, unfortunately, we can't do anything about it, right? So mm -hmm. self-care is about all those things. Self-care is about remembering that at the end of the day, you only got this one vessel. 
So it would behoove you to take care of it mentally, physically, emotionally, trying to make sure you have a balance between your internal environment and your external environment. And I think that a lot of people have a really, really hard time with understanding how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. As far as self-care, because it's like really like you really don't. Like it's like nothing to kind of like teach you and prepare you as far as like the like as far as self care you kind of gotta like develop it you gotta like understand like what makes you happy and um like when stressful times hit and and when frustration and anxiety hit and, and you need to take some time off to yourself as far as self care a lot of people don't know what to do like you see a lot of people freaking out on Facebook and they. You know, they going through such and such things and stuff like that. And I don't think they have an understanding of what they need to do as far as creating the self-care to like, you know, control some of those situations that they're going through as far as frustration and um, depression and stuff. And as far as self-care, I don't think they truly understand what it takes to like, you know, as far as self-care, because like you say, a, a spa date, a spa date or just going to the spa like as far as handling depression or something like that, they might, ooh, I need to go, you know, get a massage or something like that. And truly, you're going to need more than just that massage. That massage is not really going to take away what you're going through. I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know what I'm saying? Massage, it's kind of like, it's kind of like alcohol. Like, you know, the, the person that was talking about like uh, alcohol takes the pain away. So, you know, he might, he might think that's self-care. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. For some people, it does take the pain away. But there's a such thing as unhealthy and healthy coping strategies. The thing is, both sets are coping strategies. So if a person is trying to cope, you know what I'm saying? I mean, think about it. We see what 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 some of these uh, recreational drugs do to people. We grew up seeing certain ones and seeing people's decline. And they got new people using them still to this day. What would compel a person to do that? Pain. You know what I'm saying? And so it's yeah. like what happens is it's a short term fix with long term consequences. So, yes, I want to forget about what I'm dealing with. Yes, I want to numb out. But the whole time you're experiencing that short term relief, what's happening is you're developing long term problems that are going to be more detrimental. And then you'll see that that short term relief at that point will no longer have been worth it. So at the end of the day, a lot of times what people do is they self-soothe. And self-soothing is not an issue. It's just you have to find healthy ways to self-soothe. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and unfortunately, like you said, a lot of people don't know that. I mean, to be honest with you, it's not knocking anybody. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I had a dad that worked a lot. You know what I'm saying? He would drop me to school and then go to work at 8. And I probably see him at about 8, 30, that night. And this was every, every day. But, you know, we had what we wanted you know what i'm saying but the time we didn't get to spend a lot of time and mm -hmm. from his generation that was what you did you know what i'm saying but when you realize that sometimes our parents they think that sacrificing is the way to go and now you have other people our peers that feel like that's as well when it's like but what happens when you're no longer here because if you don't take care of yourself you won't be able to maintain that or you will no longer be here you know what I'm saying? And for those people who really love you, they would rather you be here. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, you need yeah, to think sure. so that's the thing. And so sometimes, unfortunately, we, did, we didn't see modeling of self-care. 
And that's what I actually appreciate about our newer generation. I know they have their challenges, but one thing about it is they're not afraid to say what they're feeling. They're not afraid to use the words that were so taboo in our time and before. You know, they're not afraid to say these things and then people are trying to shun them, but they own it. It's nothing to be ashamed of. You know what I'm saying? But they own it. They'll express it. And a lot of them, believe it or not, are very big on self-love and self-care. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of them are able to be assertive and to express themselves directly and respectfully. They just know the importance of self. And it's not about being selfish because my thing is, I think the most selfless thing you can do, and I said selfless. Selfless, yes. Right? <laughs> the most selfless thing you can do is put yourself first. Why? Because I want to be the best version of myself for everyone that I encounter. I want to be the best version of myself for all of my loved ones. And in order to be the best version of myself, I have to take care of myself. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, let's go to this. Uh, as far as like managing your grief. Mm. Now, how do somebody manage their grief? First and foremost, uh, whew, let me tell you something. It's, gonna, it's, it's, it's challenging because I think that sometimes we're under the impression that there's a right way to grieve. And, you know, uh, sometimes, unfortunately, you might find yourself around people that are insensitive to your grief. Um, I remember one time a coworker of mine told me, her dad had passed and it had been like a year and someone asked her, you still ain't got over there yet. And I was appalled. Mm. Like what? Like, first of all, the relationship, right? That was her dad. But how do you say that to somebody with a straight face? You know what I'm saying? It's like, at the end of the day, grief is very personal. Um, it doesn't look the same on everybody. It won't look the same on you every day. You know what I'm saying? Now they have some ideas of different stages that you will go through or whatever to kind of give you some understanding. So, you know, you have denial, you have anger, you have depression, you have uh, bargaining and you have acceptance. Acceptance is when you come to terms with the loss. Acceptance don't have anything to do with you liking what happened, being cool with the fact that your loved one is gone. And honestly, we grieve more than just people. We grieve ideas. We grieve opportunities. We grieve a lot of things. We grieve objects, right? If a mm -hmm. person, if you've ever seen where a person, they had a homestead that was generational, generational, and then all of a sudden somebody, they lost it. That's a grieving situation for a lot of people because that's their childhood home, right? That hurts. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you have a job, you know, unfortunately, um, recently the, uh, the paper plant in uh orange clothes. Yes. They had people that had been working there for 20 plus years. Yep. You don't think the people are grieving their job? They're absolutely grieving it. So grief is one of those things that you know the working definition at the end of the day is it is the intense emotional response to a perceived or actual loss of something or some someone important to you, right? Yep. And when you first experience the loss, the grief is going to be acute. It's going to be intense. So like medical, when they say acute, right? It's going to be intense because you just experienced it and it's expected for you to have some challenges, right? And then ultimately what happens is over time, most people tend to be able to uh, experience integrated grief, which is when you have come to terms with the loss. And although you still, you know, may be experiencing grief, 
you 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 basically have been able to move forward in your life um while still managing the grief if that makes sense and so sometimes like we were talking about with holiday blues right yeah around like there are milestones like that person's birthday the day you lost them um certain holidays whatever a certain scent that you smell a show they used to watch that you like you know those different things can honestly uh induce acute grief and now you feel like you felt when you first lost them you know what i'm saying so it's really just a matter of just taking it one day at a time you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and trying your best to manage yourself one day at a time you know what i mean because, I mean, at the end of the day, you can toggle back and forth between those stages where one day you're angry, one day you're bargaining, saying you would give anything if you could just have this person back. One day you might be in a depressive state where you just have a very low mood. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes people get like, you know what I'm saying, in a denial where they're just not coming to terms with and not not accepting the fact that it has happened yet. It's just all of that. And at the end of the day, all of those things are expected. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a very personal process. If you know anyone that's grieving, I would just encourage you to please just hold space for them. Just hold space for them. You don't have to know what to say. Sometimes, to be honest with you, it's such a weird space to be in that you don't even know what to say because there's nothing to say. You know, I don't understand how people ask people. I mean, older people I've seen ask, but like when they say, how was the funeral? Sad. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, sad you know yeah. i don't know what what other answer you're expecting if you get anything else good for you but it's it's not a matter of always having something to say sometimes it's just about being present for that person you know what I'm saying just holding space for them to feel what they feel yeah and you know i i'm gonna revert to it again as far as like a lot of people they grief on facebook you know i see a lot of people now you know like they they're posting like stories and and and, and post as far as like almost kind of suicidal you know as far as like as far as grief and depressions what they're going through and it's almost like they're reaching out for help um or i'm not going to say attention but maybe like attention for help and um it, a few instances it's been people like i don't really know on facebook friends with but i don't really know them and when they do make posts like that i will inbox them Mm-hmm. And say, hey, look, I don't know you, but whatever you're going through, you know, I wish you the best and and, and such and such and stuff. But um, when I see that, you know what I'm saying, it, it just makes me want to reach out because, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, just going through stuff, man, uh, it's tough. And this it's a hard world out here. And a lot of people don't have help and they don't have a strong family structure. And they really don't have any strong, positive friends that have helped them through that situation. So, you know, when I see something like that, I... And, and when people make posts like that, I think they're reaching out for help. So me not even knowing them, I don't think that matters or not. I think I think just reaching out and just, you know, you know, seeing if they're all right and seeing if it's anything for me, anything that I can do to help them. You know, I, I, I tend to try to help them out because, like I said, if they're willing to post that on Facebook and on social media in front of a lot of people's eyes, then, you know, I think they're willing to like, you know, what I'm saying, um, you know, take advice or whatever help that they can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, to be honest with you, some people use social media to vent and that's it. That's just a way that they can express themselves uninhibited for the most part. Right. And then there yeah. are some people that honestly don't 
they don't have anybody to talk to. So they go to Facebook or any other social media platform and they post. Uh, and, you know, if someone reaches out to them and they're receptive, you know, it could be helpful. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it's like, I feel like, you know how the old folks used to say pressure bus pipes? Mm-hmm. That's why I don't really trip when people post stuff on Facebook. You know, some people are like, oh, they always, hey, I'd rather them do that than, than to go post somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Or to take it out. Because sometimes you're carrying all this stuff. You're suppressing. You're suppressing, right? And then you turn yourself into a human jack-in-the-box. And so all it takes is one person to say something, and they get something that didn't even belong to them. Now you going ham. Like, you just going in. And it's like, what is all of that? Mm-hmm. That's all of what you had stored. So sometimes it's like when you tip the bucket, it all comes out. So if them posting and saying stuff is enough to get them to the point where they feel like they've been able to release, do your thing, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let me change. Oh, I, yeah. hate, I, I hate when it's, uh, I guess that's a little better as far as the, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Shout out to uh, uh, Nitra, man. Uh, what she said, right? Sometimes a person would talk to a stranger before a friend because they put up a wall that they're so strong when honestly they're breaking down. I'm speaking for mm. myself. Mm. First of all, thank you for sharing that. Um, the fact is, one, a lot of times when you're dealing with strangers, part of it is that you don't really care what they think. Part of it is that they don't know you to judge you. And they've actually done research on this before, this concept that people will be willing to tell some of the most vulnerable and wildest things to and, and you know, things to a stranger just to get it off their chest and then walk away feeling light as a feather. Why? Because there is no you have no choice but to be objective. Like, I don't really care about what you're going to say because I don't know you. I just need to get that out. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes people will empty out to a stranger. At the end of the day, if you're, you're, like you said, creating a supporting environment, if you don't have a supportive environment, then sometimes you are going to go outside the circle. I just feel like if you honestly feel like you always have to go outside of your circle for support, you mm-hmm. got to check your circle. You know what I'm saying? Like always, yeah. you know, every yeah. time, I'm, only time we get to hang out is when things are happy-go-lucky and I'm calling this my circle, we have to learn the difference between friends and associates. You know what I'm saying? Like, if that's just the people you have fun with, that's fine. But quit calling them your circle if every time you need something, you got to go outside of it. I mean, that's literally mm. what the circle concept is about. It's enclosed. <laughs> Facts you know up. what I'm saying? So. Yeah, you got to check your circle. Hey, a lot of people, when y'all y'all going into 2024, y'all making all these things, one thing y'all got to do for sure is you got to check your circle. I think I talked about that too in the episode. What is this, 157? I think I talked about that in 156 and 155. Y'all check that out. It's on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, like I said, man, this is a, this is a special live show because I don't really go live no more or whatever. You just got to check it out on YouTube. You got to check it out on IG or you got to check the clips out when I post them and stuff like that. But if y'all want to check the whole show out, y'all just go on YouTube. Like, but, um, you know, this is almost, this is the 2023 wrap up. So I said, you know what I'm saying? Might as well go live and, and, and rock out, you know what I'm saying? One good time for the year and stuff like that. And who knows? I ain't gonna lie. I might do another show, um, tomorrow or whatever, but I don't know if it's going to be live though, but you know, you know, the more, the better, the more content, the better, you, the, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 I'm a sucker for great conversation, good conversation, good dialect, you know what I'm saying, respectful conversations. I think one of my friends was saying earlier today as far as, like, 
um, podcasting, talking about let's have a, a, a debate. And I don't do debates. You know what I'm saying? I'm not finna debate nobody's opinion. What your opinion is, that's your opinion. I'm gonna respect it. Um, and I just hope you respect mine. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To each his own. Who am I to tell you that you're wrong and, mm-hmm. and vice versa? So we ain't doing no debating. We ain't doing no arguing on these on this right here. Um, well, that's the issue. A lot of debates are emotionally charged. So you're not yeah, even debating sure. facts. You're debating emotions. But mm-hmm. I did want to touch bases again because uh, Miss Wilnitra, I yeah. think I said it right. She said something else. And so I don't want to be disrespectful to her response. So she was saying it's not that it's just to them. She's the strong one. That's what she's basically saying. And so this is my thing. You know, you always see these people saying, you know, even a strong friend needs help sometimes. And that yeah. is something that is very true. But I also want you to consider, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know you, but I'm going to be honest with you. I want you to consider abandoning that label because you teach people how to treat you. And so if you keep presenting yourself as a strong one, then you present yourself as one that doesn't need help when we know that that's not the case. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, if you are labeled as a strong friend, I encourage you to try to work from getting from under that because that label is what's limiting your ability to probably receive support from your, your people as well as for them to give it to you. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, you be strong, 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 and then break. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like I tell people all the time, you either take a schedule break or you snap. The difference is snapping is a forced break. So, you know what I'm saying? The one that you have more control over is the one that you decided to take. The forced one is one that just happened. And we know what that means. You know what I'm saying? We don't know what that's going to look like because I'm not really in control of what's going on at this point. You know what I'm saying? When it's a forced break. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's, that's what I would say um, to you. Yeah, Renisha, she always keep her um she's very transparent on Facebook. She keeps it real. She don't try to fake and, and, and stuff like that. And she she's very honest with um how she feels about certain situations though. That's dope. Mm-hmm. I tried to get on the show one time, but you know, a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to like live posts and stuff, you know what I'm saying, or live mm-hmm. or whatever, they don't and I ain't knocking nobody for that, you know what I'm saying? To each his own who wanna get on live. Cause I remember it was a time before I I even started doing lives and stuff and I used to get nervous every time I went Facebook Live, but uh, you know, after a certain amount of times, you know, it just it's just natural and stuff like that. But um yeah, what's she saying? Oh, she just said so true. Yeah. All right, so let's rock out. Let's um let's get um to one of the last topics or whatever. We could kick this and you going after that too, but man, I ain't gonna lie, she got it hot up in here, man. Wifey must got the heat on up in here, man. God dang. The heat, what's she doing with the heat cutting on and stuff? We don't, we don't, we don't turn up the heat up in here. It's 45 degrees outside. Oh, it is? Yes. Dang, man. My homie got a barbecue too. He want me to hit up and it's outside. It's 45 degrees outside, man. He right tripping. now? Oh, it, oh, phew. yeah, it is. I'm going to have to tell him it must be some indoor action going on at this barbecue because I ain't finna be going out to no 40 degree weather and stuff like that. <laughs> so, um, but anyway. Um, let's go. Uh, as far as uh, setting healthy intentions, because that's like a lot of people's New Year's resolution too. As far as eating healthy, as far mm-hmm. as like leaving negative people behind, as far as creating positive environments and stuff like that, what we've been talking about. So, how do you go about setting these healthy 
intentions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, have a plan. I mean, that's the best thing I can say on that. You know, when it comes to setting healthy intentions, it's like if you go into it without a plan, then chances are you don't have really any structure, right? Yes. And if you don't have any structure, then you can easily get derailed, right? And you're already setting this intention. Most of the time, a resolution or whatever is because mm -hmm. it's you, you do the resolve, like you 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 make the resolution because it's something that's challenging and difficult for you. That's the yep. whole reason. So if that's the case, then you know, think of something else that you've accomplished in your life that was difficult, and ask yourself if you did not prepare or have some kind of plan of execution or something to go with it. You know what I'm saying? It's like you have to have um, at least a game plan and you can make adjustments where needed. Right. But I would say if that's what you're looking for, um, just make sure you have a plan, whether it's eating, your peer groups or whatever. I think that every time people I'm going to cut everybody off, it's like it sounds like <laughs> you're saying that they're the problem. And it's like, well, it's yeah, too deep in yeah. the relationship. You know what I'm saying? And to be honest with you, research says that. When couples have issues, mm -hmm. each couple is typically responsible for at least 30% of the problem. About 40% of it is up for debate. And, okay. uh, and that's based on research. You know what I'm saying? And years and years of research. And so the thing is, it's like people are like, well, I'm not the problem. They doing this, they doing that. And I'll tell them, but you're there to have it done too. You know what I'm saying? You, are, you have to be present. So at the end of the day, it's like, instead of trying to point the finger to see, you know, uh, especially in these friendships, who's right and who's wrong, I think that if people focused on themselves and tried to improve themselves, sometimes those relationships will fizzle out, but at least you will be a better person for it. But when everybody's continuously pointing the finger at other people for the things that, that are not, it's not working in their lives or whatever the case is, that's where the problem is because you can't fix other people, but you can work on you. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I even had a, I, I, I still need to work on me because to be honest with you, I was going to go get a salad and I pulled up into Salada's. I was going to, I was like, you know what? I, I got to eat. I'm eating healthy. I'm working out. Let, let me go get that salad. Pulled up to Salada's and I seen one of my friends, he posted some burrito, burrito bowl or something, some Mexican Roman noodle bowl with Korea meat and all that. And it looked it so good. And I was like, oh my God, that looks so good. And I must have sat at Salada for about 10 minutes debating. Do I want to go get this salad? Do I want to go to the mall right quick and go and the Berea thing won? And to be honest with you, it was okay, but it wasn't worth it though. I was like, I knew I should have, I knew I should have had that salad. And even though like I said, the burrito bowl, it was good, but it wasn't worth it. And when I was eating, I saying. I need to just go with my first the mindset. It's a mindset thing, and you just got to stay strong with it, man. And like you said, sometimes you know it, it don't hurt to start over the next day. So tomorrow I'm starting over. <laughs> I'm starting over fresh, and you know it's never too late to start over. So I'm gonna start over. I'm just gotta have a strong mindset and stuff like that. But it, I mean, a lot of people they just they beat themselves down if they like fail or you know something didn't go as planned. And you just gotta always remember that you always got tomorrow for sure. One day at a time. At the end of the day, now you know. Because the fact is, if you wouldn't have got the bowl, you'd been thinking about it and thinking about it. And if it wasn't that day, it'd have probably been another day. So it I really want to yeah. help people go from 
treating, you know, things as mistakes and regrets because mistakes and regrets typically don't help me. Right. If I keep looking at it like a mistake and a regret. So if you can learn from it, you've given value to that experience. You know what I'm saying? So if your, your mistakes can become lessons for you and your regrets can become teachable moments, then now they have value for you. But sit up there just focusing on what you should and should not have done is simply a way to criticize yourself. And I don't know anybody that has criticized themselves into positivity. I mean, literally criticism is negative. And there's a big difference in self-criticism and self-accountability. With accountability, you still have standards for yourself, but you also still love yourself and you show yourself grace. With criticism, you just simply just put yourself down and judge yourself. Make yourself feel bad. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, if I mean, if I didn't get it today, it definitely would have been on my mind. Like one of these days coming up, I'd be like, you know what? Let me go ahead and try this. I'm bottom all. Let me. So I did get that out the way. And, you know, hey, you know, I I wouldn't I probably won't get it again. It's not worth it. <laughs> yep, Ms. Yep, Harris, yep, like Ms. Harris was saying count the cost before you make the decision. So, yeah, ask yourself critical questions first about the move you're about to make. That's true, too. Yeah. Yeah, Miss Winston. She uh yeah, I mean, think. That's what she's saying. She just said, Man, I'm telling you, it's so many things that we would avoid and so many uh issues that we would avoid. When I used to uh be a therapist at the at the prisons, I would talk to a lot of people that some that were never going home, some that were going home. And at the end of the day, what we would talk about is that moment, right? Mm -hmm. The moment before. Like if you'd have taken the time to actually think before acting just because you think about something don't mean you have to do it and i'm not necessarily talking about just crime i'm talking about even when you were talking about the bowl just because you think it don't mean you have to do it you know what i'm saying so it's like you thought it but you can think a little bit more because sometimes that one moment before the action is what's going to save you from whatever you know what i'm saying consequences that you end up with that you may not like your decisions is the currency for you and your decisions are the currency that you use to purchase your consequences you know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? Just see what you're purchasing. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, you know, mindset is everything. And um, I, I, like I said, you call, it's it's something you can always do better at, you know what I'm saying, as far as a person and that one of the things that I need to improve on. And I don't have an issue with that at all. Mm-hmm. Yep. They say that uh, if life is a game, your body's your game piece. There are no mistakes, there are only lessons, and learning never ends. Mm. <laughs> Where'd you get that from? Is that in your future book you're writing? No, actually, one of my uh, mentors actually uh, shared that with me, and I kept it. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. you do. I mean, one thing one thing I like about you when you do, do, have, do come on the show, like you do have notes, and you do have like as far as research, and you do have stats. And stuff like that. I guess that's what you do as far as as your job pertains to. But uh, like it, it, it's good when I do have those conversations with you and you bring up those kind of stats and lines and 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 stuff like that. So mm, I don't ever want anybody to think I feel like I'm a know it all. It's just that I am a researcher. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of like a sponge. I'm always looking and learning and stuff. And that that was before I started, you know, this career or whatever, because that's just what mm -hmm. it is. I'm big on knowledge, you know, and I like to know. And then when I'm sharing stuff with people, I, I want, you know, I appreciate when research backs things, you know what I'm saying? Because it shows validity, you know what I'm saying? And 
you know, that's all I, that's all we did in, in college. You know, it was all about statistics and validity and research, right? But research mm -hmm. is research. And so anytime there's research to back it, I'm going to share it so that you understand that it's not Trina Rose talking, you know what I'm saying? Just because I'm pulling this out the air out of my mind, there's actual research behind it. Yeah, for sure. No doubt. Um, before we end it, like as far as anybody want to reach out to you, and if anybody, I always, I mean, I always ask this question, but you know, repetition and sometimes you got to repeat it so people can understand it. But as mm -hmm. far as a therapist and can you say most jobs would pay for the therapy? Yeah. Okay. So let me clarify. So if you have insurance, chances are you probably have an EAP uh, program as well, which is employee assistance program. And okay. there are several, like there are many different benefits associated with the EAP, but one of the main ones that comes up is the counseling. And depending on what, what insurance you have and how they run their EAP, um, many times they offer anywhere from three to six free sessions a year. And so if you are interested in therapy, but you're not ready to make the financial commitment, you're interested in therapy and you can't really necessarily make the commitment now that you'd like to try, those are options for you. And it's not just for you. EAP benefits actually provides coverage for your family too. So let's say you have your, your kids on your insurance or your spouse on your insurance, right? Or you want to go to couples counseling. Some people uh, accept EAP for couples counseling as well, and it at least can get you started so you can see, you know, what is this about, especially if it's something new for you, right? Um, mm -hmm. So that would be the EAP benefits. And then if you have insurance, you know, the same way you use your insurance for your medical benefits, and a lot of times you may have a deductible between, I mean, I've had people with zero deductible, and it wasn't even Medicaid or anything like that. They just had zero deductible. I mean, excuse me, a zero uh, copay. Right. Yeah. But I've seen co-pays as high as 50. So sometimes it's like zero to 50. Average is like about 20, 25, honestly. And okay. the same way you pay for your medical benefits and you go and you do your copay, it's the same way that we as therapists who accept insurance take copay. And then when you file a claim, your insurance pays for the rest, just like with your regular doctor. So that's another thing to take advantage of. You know what I'm saying? If you can afford to do so, you know, using your insurance benefits because if you don't use them it's not like they give you a break on your your premium or anything it's just benefits that were not used by you that's it how long is the sessions when you when when they do have this uh insurance and when it does take place so i'm gonna say just because i know that there are some therapists that are different when it comes to like eap versus uh versus uh insurance and all of that but typically what you're looking at um intake sessions for me are the longest because when you're doing intake you're going over business paperwork and stuff like that and i like to allow time to actually talk about why you're here too so mm -hmm. it's like sometimes so that would be the longest one which would probably be a solid 60 minutes and okay. then when you're doing your actual therapy sessions some people do 45 minute sessions I typically do between 50 and 55. I'll be honest. My clients, they be talking. So yeah. <laughs> we tend to go from end to end or you know, whatever. So you're looking at on average probably about 50 to 55 minutes a session. Okay, that's what's up. And and so can people just inbox you and, and try to 
you know, book anything or set anything up? Do they have to go to a website to try to, um, you know, book anything for you? Like, what's the proper way for somebody to try to, like, book a session? Because some people might just inbox you, and is that cool? So here's the deal. Typically, when somebody inboxes me on my personal page, I try to redirect them to the business page. One, because if I have to track anything, like trying to find them and get their information, I can look in my business uh, inbox because that's all that's there. In my personal inbox, I mean, it's personal. I got all kind of messages there, right? But I've had people reach out there and we talked, you know what I'm saying? But I typically tell people to go to the website because there you literally get to fill out a little form where you put your information and then you can send me a message directly and it comes to my email, right? Okay. So I tend to try to let people know that. So um, if anybody's interested in reaching out, the website is the Rose Center bmt.com. That's T H E R O S E C E N T E R bmt.com. Right. And so you can right. go there and you can do that. Right. And then on the Facebook pages, if you go to at the Rose Center BMT on Facebook, you'll find my Facebook page and you can inbox me there and you'll receive a response. Now, full disclosure the okay. office is closed for the holidays. And I return on January the second, so I'm okay. just letting y'all go in, <laughs> and I'm not in office on the weekend, so it's Saturday, Sunday. So literally, if y'all trying to reach out, you'll get a response by Tuesday. That automatic? Are they gonna get the automatic response? Yes, I do have that set up. Gotta keep it professional, so they have an automatic response for text. They have that automatic voicemail already ready. And my email address actually has the automatic uh, as well. Because I don't want <laughs> nobody hanging. So y'all hey, know what's going on. What if somebody going through it Saturday and they really, oh, well, every session has to be booked. Well, the right? session it, has to be booked, but don't get it twisted. I have information for you. Those texts don't just say, hey, y'all, I'm gone. Bye. It okay. says, if this is a crisis, <laughs> I give you numbers for you to call if it's a crisis. Okay. So cool, we, we cool, you know, cool. it's just a responsible thing to do as a therapist. So most of us have that information on our voicemail anyway, whether it's the regular voicemail or the vacation voicemail. We have that information for you if you honestly are going through something, because we don't want anybody to be to feel like they are just out there. You know what I'm saying? Without any kind of assistance. Yeah, for sure. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you never know. Somebody might be going through something on a good Saturday or Sunday, and they'd be like, "Oh, I gotta." So, Don't you know. forget 988 now. 988 is the mental health emergency line. Just like 911 oh. is for medical, 988 is the mental health emergency. Wow, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's been in, in it's been activated for maybe two years now. Okay, so instead of 911, like 911 is help, 988 mm -hmm. is for mental health crisis. Mm -hmm. Damn. Okay, I'm gonna have to like share that on Facebook because I don't think a lot of people know that. What? How do? How does that go? How, so they call that and then they just they talk to a therapist. They talk to somebody that's gonna you know. Well, I mean, they have workers. It's like they have you know emergency hotline workers for the nine one one. So they'll wow. take care of it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's several different resources out there for people. You know, they still have the suicide hotline. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? The one they made the song about. Um, they then they have nine eight eight. Of course, if you can't remember nine eight eight because it's so new, you can always dial nine one one because it is an emergency uh line, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, um, they, they have the local, well, <laughs> they have the <laughs> local crisis hotline as well. Um, uh, through okay. Spindletop, you know what I'm saying? So oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's actual crisis hotline, so you know you have options for sure. Okay, that's what's up. 
I, man, I, I didn't even know that though. I think that's that's that was a bomb drop right there. Nine eight eight. I'm gonna have to share that. Um, I'm gonna have to post that tomorrow for people that's going through something. You could dial nine eight eight, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's what's up. Um, okay, before we leave, what about the shirts though? Let's talk. Oh. Well, how can they find the shirts again? Because you dropping the new, the new product, the new line. So, uh, that would be Pop Psych. Pop Psych is my mental health merch company. And so, in my background, I have two of the newest products that I just dropped two days ago. So, you have the black tea with the Fresh Prince inspired uh, lettering that says self love. And there's actually a pink Pop Psych on the back of it, right at the very top just small at the top right and then of course that is the hat um second hat uh of pop psych's history the first one was the uh healing looks good on you which was a big hit and this one is the self-love one so some people prefer to have both as a set some people more so like t-shirts and then some people just like hats so i decided to do the same thing as i did with the other one and provide both and both of them are 20 percent off at this time so each of them are $25. If you're interested, you can inbox me for that. Pop Psych has its own Facebook page. So if you search Pop Psych on Facebook, you can find the page. Uh, but you can also reach me on any of my pages when you are asking about merch. Because that's not really personal information. So I don't have to, you know, I, I try to be very protective of the personal stuff when people start kind of going into personal stuff for counseling. But when it comes to merch, it's fine. And like I, said, I think I got that shirt. I, I think I got the shirt of the um, the what's it? That looks good on you. Oh, so healing looks good on you. Healing looks good on you. I think I got that. This is the black shirt, right? Yeah. It's a black shirt with like the white box, and yeah, I got mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And and like I said, man, if y'all trying to, if if you didn't catch the information, just inbox me, and I'll give you the information as far as shirts and 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 how to get in contact with her. So that's another thing too. Uh, if y'all need the information, y'all could just hit me up, and I'm gonna, I'll just give you the information you need. So that's another little, you know, just in case you don't uh, rewind back and stuff like that. And also, before I get out of here, this show is also on YouTube. Also, it is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever they have podcasts where you can listen to or watch. It's on there. It's not just on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Let me say that too. But um, before we get out of here, man, I just want to thank you for coming on. Um, I hope you have a great 2024, and I appreciate you for, you know, saying coming on the show multiple times, probably 10, 11 times this year on the show, which is that that's pretty good average. That's like once a month almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I remember one time we had a run with you, myself, Kendrick, and uh, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> Erica, yeah, and we still, yeah, and like I said, if people haven't seen us in a while, we we still have a group chat that we talk like almost every day on there and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's just that you know, as far as um, the relationship thing, as far as topics, I thought it was getting saturated. As far as like you know, more podcasts mm-hmm. just kept talking about relationships, and 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 I thought we was just more than that. So you know, like Erica, she doing her thing, she traveling, she's you know, she got like a. A few businesses. Ken is doing his thing. It's the holidays, and he's he's working a lot and stuff like that. Bear, he's doing his thing too. So we still all we still talk regularly, like every day. So you know, we might do a we might do one. Y'all might see us all together and stuff like that. You know, what I'm saying we just mm-hmm. we just doing our thing for sure. 
Well, I thank you so much for inviting me. It's always a pleasure coming on and talking with you and also with your followers because they always tend to be pretty supportive. They always have pretty enriching things to say with the exception of our little friend earlier today. I blocked him too and he made a post. (laughs) It's okay because at the end of the day, if y'all don't take anything from this podcast, know that it is okay to separate yourself from toxicity. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I had to do <laughs> and stuff like that. But yes, thank you for coming on this uh this Friday night and, and I'll see you in 2024. We'll rock out again. All right. Take care. Bye guys. Okay. All right. So y'all, that is the show. That's episode 157. I, I don't know how to like I said, Trina, this um uh, okay. All right, she gone anyway. So anyway, man, this is episode, this was episode 157, 157, uh, 2024. Let me say I'm going on five years. I'm going on five years as far as doing podcasting, dog. Damn, that's almost an OG. I'm almost an OG doing this thing as far as five years in, in the podcast game and stuff. Um, But be on the lookout, 2024, man, I got something in store, something real dope. You know what I'm saying? I'm, try to mix a little music mix a little dj in with this podcast thing it's almost gonna be like a serious xm satellite radio show that i'm finna bring into the forefront you know what i'm saying i don't really like to talk my business and stuff like that you know what I'm saying because a lot of people be taking ideas out here but you know what i'm saying if you could take this idea man more power to you because it's gonna be dope for you too um but anyway man i hope y'all have a dope 2024 you know what i'm saying and if anybody going through anything in life depression anxiety um stress and all that you know what i'm saying you can inbox me i will give you the information for um uh, trina and stuff like that she is a dope therapist i think she's like one of the best therapists in this area i call her a celebrity therapist when it comes to this area and stuff like that um so if you want her information just hit me up you know what i'm saying but in the meantime in between time i'm finna chill i'm finna be out of here man y'all have a great weekend and i'll see y'all in 2024 all right 100